in our series, which is Sent, and it's uh, discovering um, the mission and message of Jesus. And so uh, I talked about at the beginning of it that a couple of core competencies that we want to have as followers of Jesus is knowing to hear the voice of God and then praying for others. And so that's what we're talking about today. Um, very important uh, as, far as, as far as somebody that follows Jesus, that is a, is a conduit in the body of Christ uh, here on earth. And so we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, but it's important to understand concept of why it's important. Uh, you know, most of the fights that are on today in the world have to do with place. And so uh, when you hear of wars or when you hear of, uh, um, you know, disputes between neighbors, right? Where's the property line? That sort of thing. Like uh, us, our subdivision, we back up to this, uh, this property. And, and I was trying to figure out, well, where's, where, where do I mow to where that guy's land is? And, and people said, well, you better, you know, it's the tree line and the trees are put there for that. And, and then I've got this one neighbor that their fence, it, we go on a walk and we see it every day. Their fence is here. But when they mow, they mow one uh, lawnmower lane outside of the fence. And I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, did they put their fence up and their neighbor said, hey, you better mow this too, you know, because that's your, it's, it's the opposite, right? They're given a more land. Um, but so there's typically fights over, over place. Because place is so important. Uh, the nation of Israel, as they wandered through the land in the Old Testament, you will see them set up monuments in places that God did something in, in their life. Uh, uh, and, and they experienced God there. Uh, you have the tabernacle that they would worship God. Uh, and then you have the temple that they would worship God. And so, uh, in, in not just the Israelites, but the other um, societies as well, they would set up uh, temples and things that would be sacred places, and then you had secular places. And so um, that idea is not all bad, but here's what it does. It makes this idea that, uh, you know, I go and I worship in this place, uh, like this building here. I go worship in this, this is a sacred place, but then, uh, you know, other places are not. Now, the, the idea that we want to get, though, is, is that, is that all place is sacred, right? All place is absolutely sacred. And that's one thing that, that Jesus really communicated well. And so I've got some slides here. Like, um, when you look at these slides, um, you know, so like, is this place sacred, right? So when I go and get a half-decaf, half decaf, decaf cop, you know, whatever you drink, I just get black coffee. So that's just it. No room, anything. But is that place sacred? Do we typically think of that place as sacred? We, we may think of it as like a good place, like I experience maybe community there, I can sit and enjoy a warm drink, but is it, is it a sacred place? Like, is this place more sacred than that place? I don't know. Uh, what about this here? And so this is what? School, right? Is school a sacred place? Uh, right? You hear, well, you can't pray in school, or you can't talk about Jesus in school, or you can't do this in school, that sort of thing. So, that, right, there's a battle over place. Why is that? Because, because people want to decide, okay, who's in charge and who's not? Um, how, you know, how do we do things here? I, there's a couple of families um, I've seen recently that have gone to, like, Disney World. If you go to, hold on, Wyatt. Uh, if you go to Disney World, uh, you know, you go there, you do things the way they say. Uh, like, you know, it's the way they do it here. So if you wait in line for a ride, uh, you wait in line the way they want you to wait in ride for the ride, or you don't go on the ride. Uh, also, too, what about the next slide here? Uh, your workplace, right? 
Is your workplace sacred? You know, is it, is it, is it less sacred than here when we gather to worship? Uh, or the next slide, what do we have here? So uh, this is, uh, this is uh, uh, Leavenworth, right? Camp Leavenworth, right up the road. So hopefully I won't get in trouble for showing that picture if there's rights to it. Uh, and, and so, right, is that, is that less sacred than, than a church building or that sort of thing? And the next one? Um, uh, an athletic field. When, when I go out and, and I, you know, play a sport or do a certain thing, uh, what about that? Is that a sacred space or, or a secular space? And the next one. Uh, or, a, or a shopping mall, right? So the, you know, some people are like, yes, that is a holy place, okay? Uh, but, but a shopping mall, right? I mean, is that sec- secular, sacred? And the next one? Okay, or a restaurant, right? Like, like, can God do stuff in a restaurant? Or, no, I'm just supposed to eat, down, eat sit down, and do different things. Uh, the next slide, Wyatt. Okay, even there, right? Even in a church, you know, is, can it be a sacred space? Can it be a place where you meet with God? And so the reason I'm talking about this is that, is that we can get in our minds that there's certain places that are God's and certain places that aren't God's. Uh, you know, uh, in other words, this is my space and that's God's space and, or that's that person's space. But here's what Psalm 24 verse 1 says. Uh, and there's probably a slide there. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That's probably one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. I love Psalm 24 because it speaks of, like, number one, it sets it off right away. Just like, let me break all this down for you. Everything that is, is God's. And so all the little jumping around and trying to fight over what's mine or yours or that sort of thing, uh, it's actually just futile because everything is absolutely his. And then it goes on, to the, it goes on into the rest of the, the psalm, and it talks about, like, you know, the king of glory coming in. And then it says, raise up you gates that the king of glory may come in. And I've always pictured it that, uh, you know, that that was the people of God. That the people of God would allow the king of glory into every place. They would allow him into the church. They would allow him into the school. They would allow him into the workplace and the mall and the restaurant and all those places. And the way that we do that is not just, um, you know, uh, proclaiming the message, but it's demonstrating the message. It's not just proclaiming that God is, you know, everything is his, but it's actually demonstrating that as well. And that's when it comes into hearing the voice of God and then praying for others. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, first, you guys, you may remember the story of the woman at the well and Jesus. Uh, it, was a, it was a hot day, very hot, and Jesus is walking with his disciples and and he goes to this well. They arrive at this well um, in this town in Samaria. So there was religious division between the Jews and, and, and the Samaritans. And Jesus shows up there at noon, which uh, you wouldn't go to the well at noon. It's just like when it gets real hot here. You don't, you know, if you take a walk or do that sort of thing or exercise, typically you can do it in the morning when it's cooler or in the evening. So Jesus shows up at noon at the well and his disciples go to get some food. And, and so Jesus is there by himself, just kind of sitting on this well. And this woman comes up, right? And she's by herself. So right away, you know something's different. Because typically, women would, women would go with other women. And she comes up, and this is her place, 
right? She goes there at that time because nobody else is going to mess with it. But then Jesus talks with her and he says to her, he says, woman, you know, uh, why don't you reach down and get some water from the well for me? And, and she looks, she said, you know, how are you, how do you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, for water? Like, how do you do that? And they get in this deep discussion, and it comes down to that Jesus ends up, she asks about the Messiah, and Jesus ends up telling her, like, hey, that's me. You know, and she goes and gets the rest of the town and brings it up. And, but in the process, Jesus tells her things about herself, and this is her testimony to everybody else when she goes and tells them. And Jesus did many miracles, and many people believed in Jesus because of this. In the process, Jesus tells her things about herself that no one else could know besides God. Just absolutely no one else could know besides God. And so that was what changed it for her. See, she knew religious teaching. She knew religious proclamation. And she even said at one point, she said, she said you know, you Jews say that, you know, this is the place to worship. And we Samaritans say we should worship on this hill. And Jesus says, yeah, that's said. But here's the deal. There's coming a time where the true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. And it's not about that hill or this hill. And what Jesus was saying is, is that every place is sacred. True worshipers of God. It's not this place or that place or this church or that church or this holy place. But every place is sacred. That's where true worshipers will worship. And, but what, I want to get back to what Jesus said. Jesus talked to her about how um, her relationships with men. And talked to her about her relationships with the community. And he said that to her. He was able to do that not because he was 100% God, but because he was 100% man relying upon the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit revealed things to him, and then he spoke them to her. And that made all the difference in her life. And so what he had was a message of knowledge. So God revealed something to him to speak to her. Now, the conversation was just going back and forth based upon religious scripture and different things. Now, here's the deal. I'm a firm believer. I love the Word of God. The Word, the word of God is active, and, 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 and it speaks, and it cuts through marrow and bone, and it, it cuts through the whole of us. But here's the deal. People put up guards and different things because of they are inoculated to hearing certain things, or they have ideas taught to them about certain scripture or Bible or those certain things. And so what Jesus did... And then what we're called to do, too, is we're called to proclaim the word of God. Absolutely. Proclaim the kingdom of God. But then we're also called to demonstrate it. Now, true, you do demonstrate it when you bake plate of chocolate chip cookies and, and bring them to the, your neighbor that's hurting. Absolutely. But I also want to share about this because this is thought by some to be something that well, only certain special people do or only certain people are able to do this. This is actually something today that absolutely everybody that's a follower of Jesus can do. And actually, God does speak to us, but it's recognizing that. So these are messages of knowledge. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, I think there's a slide for that. Is there a slide for that, Wyatt? There we go. Verse 7, it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit, and this is Paul, uh, who really established Christianity. Right? In other words, took the things of Jesus and, and what Jesus did and, and helped bring it together into an organized way with churches and people and teaching and doctrines. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge, by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. 
to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So, a message of knowledge. Is there slides on the next one, Wyatt? No? Okay, so that's where they cut off. Okay, that's good. We got that scripture in. So a message of knowledge that it talks... Oh, there it is. Message of knowledge that it talks about. So a message of knowledge is supernatural revelation of facts, okay? So it's not like I could look something up and I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, tell somebody. It's not you heard somebody was struggling with something and then, you know, you, you know, share, hey, I heard you were struggling. I want to pray for you. That's not a message of knowledge. That's being a responsible caring, loving person, right? But that's not a message of knowledge. A message of knowledge is like you have supernatural revelation. It's something that you couldn't have known, and you share it with somebody. Um, for instance, uh, I, when we were planning a church in California, I worked for Apple. And so I worked in one of their stores in San Luis Obispo, California. And one day there was this gentleman that I was helping sell a computer to, and I got this impression of like his heart, like his physical heart. And I just said to him, I said, I said, hey, I, listen, I, I know we're talking computers, but this is maybe strange. But, um, you know, I, I saw this picture of your heart, you know, and I just want to ask you, you know, are you, do you have heart problems? And he says, yeah, actually, I've had a heart attack before. And they say if I have another one, it's bad. And, 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 and he, was a, he was a Muslim gentleman, right? And so, you know, all, and we're talking about faith and all sorts of things. But I just said to him, I said, well, listen, I, I think I saw this picture, so I think I'm supposed to pray for you. So right in the middle of the Apple store, we're just like, hey, listen, just act like you're looking at the computer, okay? And so, so um, and I'm saying, good job, bye. You know, so, and so I prayed for him right there in the middle of the store. And he experienced God's presence, and, and, and he, he, he understood that God saw him in the midst of what he was doing. So that wasn't something that I could understand or see, but it was something that God spoke and then I acted upon and found that it was there. Now, I've done the same thing before, and pe- people are like, you're crazy, right? And, and, and it wasn't. But that's part of learning to hear God's voice is, is that you practice, okay? Um, not learn through the efforts of the natural mind. So, so it's, it's not like a task like... Um, uh, like ride, they say, like riding a bike, you never forget it. You know, it's just like, it's just the natural mind. It's, it's something spiritual. It's something from, from, from outside of you. It's something that God speaks. So it's often referred to as a word of knowledge. Now, uh, the message of knowledge isn't a resident gift. And so if you look at verse, it, verse 7 there, uh, what it says is, um, is now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So you've heard people say, like, everybody has one spiritual gift, right? At least. Like, that's typically how it's taught. Um, And so, yes, God has gifted us with talents and given us gifts. But also, too, you have the Holy Spirit that is is doing things amongst us, right? We can all agree to that. God's doing stuff, right? And so, so what the Holy Spirit does is that he's doing stuff in Starbucks, in the school, in the workplace, at Camp Leavenworth, as he's doing those things, he will point that out to his people, and then we can partner and do things with him. And so it's not like the word of knowledge isn't a resident thing, like you have to have it. Oh, I don't have that, or I do have that. God's speaking it to you. I would guess that the majority of you, um, that, that you probably hear from God, 
with messages of knowledge and, th- and things, but you maybe just haven't called it that. You, you're, you're doing it, and you're hearing it, and you're acting upon it. Like, um, have, have you ever had the thing before, like where, you know, hey, um, you think of so-and-so, right? And I think I need to call that person. And you call, and it's just like this time where they needed to hear from somebody. It, that's the heart of God, right? Isn't that amazing? Like, like he's, you know, this person's out in California or, or Alaska or, 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 or in Indonesia or wherever it is, and, and all of a sudden you think of them. That's God saying, hey, I want you to partner with me in caring for this person. So it's something that we all get, and he speaks in different ways. Now, that's a simple way. Um, you know, how does this play out? You know, can it be public, private? Absolutely. So it can be used in public or private. So it can be something that, um, you know, happens here with a group of people. It can be, you know, um, it can be in private, just one person. Uh, and then it's, it's wherever God's insight is needed, right? And so uh, you'll, hear, you'll hear something and, and you'll just kind of say, hey, I, I kind of see this. Is that, you know, does that sound right or... Or that sort of thing. And, and so somebody needs insight. Um, now, here's, here's the, the point. As we start talking about this, you can think like, so you're saying like we're all prophets? Because uh, this is pro- prophetic. It's part of the prophetic flow, like God sharing his heart with things. Now, uh, because here's the thing. I hear from God often and get pictures and words of knowledge often, but I wouldn't say that I'm a prophet. Uh, I remember when I was starting to hear some of these things, I was in my, my mid-20s, and one of my mentors, who I would say was a prophet. Like, he, he moved enough in that that it's like, yeah, he has that gifting, like, that calling that I would say that he functions and moves in that. And there was one time I was doing this, and I was starting to kind of do these kind of things, but I was acting like a prophet, right? Wouldn't you love to just have run across me in my early 20s? And so I was saying some things, and he just, he, he always cut through this stuff for me. He goes, Cody, you're not a prophet. Stop it. You know? And just, and, and at first I'm like, what? But then I got it. I'm like, oh, you, don't, you, can, you can do this. It's just like everybody doesn't have to be an evangelist, right? Like where you, you know, just preaching in front of tons of people and doing this, and you've got to do this. But we can all be evangelistic, right? In other words, we can share good news with people inside the church, outside the church. And so that's important to know. Um, <clears throat> some places in the New Testament that we see words of knowledge used. Acts chapter 5, verse 1 through 4, you see uh, the church, the first church that's supposed to be pure and good and, and, and strong. You see people selling property to help give to others and some different things. Barnabas did that. But then you see the leaders of the church get a word of knowledge about Ananias and Sapphira, that, that they actually were playing a game, that they were lying, which they didn't have to. And so you see Peter do that with, with them. It, pretty scary situation, Right. What happens, but he gets a word of knowledge about what's happening. God shows it to him. Um, to help find something in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 10, the first king of Israel, right? He's going to be amazing. He's wonderful. And so Saul shows up, and Samuel's going through all the people, and it comes to the tribe of Benjamin, and it says, It's this person, you know. Uh, and, you know, Saul, and, and they say, Where is he? And, and they say, I don't know. And, and Saul's hiding. Somewhere, right? This great, valiant king. And so somebody gets a word of knowledge about where he's hiding. And so that's 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 22. Um, also, too, to warn or provide safety. In Acts 27, you see uh, about safety or warning that God speaks that. Um, also, to reveal thoughts. In Matthew chapter 9, 
verse 1 through 7, Jesus is, is speaking, and, and he understands the thoughts of the people that are coming against him, that their thoughts are to harm him and to speak evil things. Uh, next thing, too, is um, how, how do you receive it, right? So in other words, hopefully at this point you're saying, yeah, you know what? I, sounds good. I'm in. I'm in. I want to hear from God, and I want to help people. That's basically what it is, um, and share that. Um, is to ask, number one, okay? Um, I've found that when I'm asking, I hear from God, and I see things that are able to help other people. I found when I'm not asking, it's not that God's not speaking, but I'm not paying attention. So when I ask, I put myself in a, a place of, of hearing, of hearing from him. And, 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 and then two, I listen, right? If I ask, I'm going to listen. Um, and then the next thing is, is risk, right? Um, you know, for you, to, for you to think that whether it's somebody you know or not, to be able to say to them, you know, hey, I'm seeing this. Does that mean anything to you? Now, some people feel like they have to dress it up real big. And they have to say, thus saith God. And, you know, and, and typically with that, I've found that when it's ratcheted up like that, it's typically not. It, you know, the, in those situations where it's just like this big thing. Uh, but I found that it's, it's the simple that God flows to. Because typically when you hear from God, you want to dial it down. You don't want to dial it up. Because, but, you do, but you do risk, right? You do put risk out there uh, to that. Um, there are situations in the Bible like, uh, like David, right? What did David do with Goliath, right? He's in front of all the armies and, and he, he dialed it up, right? He, he put more risk out and he said, he said this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, and you're pushing against God and his army and I'm going to slay you. So he dialed it up. Okay? But he was functioning in his role as he was anointed king to become that person. And so if we do dial it up, we better be functioning within the role that God has for us, and we better be hearing right from him. Also, too, uh, here's the different ways that a message of knowledge can come. So impressions. So it's just kind of like I sense something. I sense that something's going on. God's, God's speaking about this. Um, or I sense that, you know, that there's this. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's words, right? So you can hear a word, like, um, you know, a certain word will, will come to mind. And, like, um, you know, you'll come up with, like, fear. You know, is there, I'm sensing that there's some fear. Is there fear, right? And, and some of you may be thinking right at this point, just like, you know, but yeah, somebody can manipulate this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why, that's why it's, you know, you have to test everything right? And that's why, like, when I share something, I, I tell people, it's like, look, don't feel any pressure at all. Like, if that's God speaking to you, if that hits home, great. If it doesn't, that's going to help me understand how to hear God's voice or not. And so you have to, you have to be honest with it. Um, uh, pictures, okay? You can get a picture of something, uh, you know, that, that comes to mind, and, and that picture speaks to somebody. Uh, you get a picture that that really speaks into that. There's also scripture, right? There's a certain scripture that you read. And it's happened here. I've seen some of you do that. It's like in, in some of the small group, you read a scripture and it's like that ministers to somebody. That, script, that certain scripture. Um, there could be a certain emotion. For instance, like, you know, you may be in a room of people and like you feel like anxiety or you feel like something's going on. And, and right away you say to yourself, well, why am I anxious right now? Is it, is it me? Well, it could be that somebody else has that going on. 
And so you kind of feel that, and you're like, so God's showing you something that somebody's struggling with to be able to have that emotion yourself. Also, some sort of physical sensation as well. Um, and so sometimes, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I'll get like a certain uh, pain that's maybe not my pain. Like I, I played football in lots of sports. So I, got lots of, I have lots of pains. If I have a pain that's mine, then I'm kind of like, hey, that's my pain, right? But sometimes I'll have a pain that isn't mine, and, and I'll it, a group of people or come across somebody like, hey, you know, do you have, you have a bad right shoulder sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. And then, well, that's, God wants to do something in that person's life. Are you, are you guys tracking with me? You guys tracking with me? Okay. How many, yeah, okay. All right. Okay. So, um, uh, this is, I, I realize this is super specific. Um, and in it, there's a saying, if you want to be terrific, you got to be specific. Okay. Isn't that, isn't that a good saying? If you want to be terrific, be specific. And so some people say, yeah, yeah, yeah I believe God does that. But this is how he does it. This is absolutely how he does it. And so if we want to be able to meet people, you know, in uh, the workplace, if we want to be able to meet people in the school, if we want to meet people in the restaurant in different places, and so that God really, it's a sacred space, then we need to be able to do these things where we hear from God and then pray for other people because that's what makes it a, a, a place. And I, I was trying to I talked to Michelle whether I shared this or not, but a couple weeks ago, uh, a few weeks ago, my in-laws were out here. We were eating at a restaurant, and, and there was a, our waiter. And I just had a sense that this guy uh, had a calling on his life to be a pastor. And so I, 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 and it, was just, it was just something, it was an impression. And so I said to him, I said, I said hey, you know, listen, um, I, you know, I kind of backed into it. I wasn't really as bold as I wanted to be, but I'm like, hey, are you a leader? You know, and, and so I, I've been doing this a long time, but I still kind of like maybe don't put it all the way forward sometimes. And he says, he says, well, I don't know. I mean, he goes, I, you know, I have a family. I'm like, right. And then I dug in. I'm like, hey, but I have a sense that, that you know, God has a call in your life to, uh, you know, to possibly be, be in ministry, to be a pastor, whether it's a lay pastor or in, you know, that sort of thing. And he said, well, you know, it's interesting. And then he shared some of his story and what was going on in his life. And God was definitely speaking to him about the beginning stages of, of leading some things like that or leading a small group and, and God was calling into some things. And so that was in a restaurant, right? That was a sacred space because of what we did there in that place. All right, so here's some ways to inhibit the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit's doing this, right? He's speaking and, 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 and doing all these things and he invites us into it. Uh, how would we inhibit it? In other words, well, doubt, is it really, Right? Is, is, it, is it really him? And that's a hard thing, right? Because, because we have our, our fear emotions and what we're driven upon. And I would just say that, that you know, some people will try like once and, and, and they get it wrong or that sort of thing. They say, it doesn't work. Well, do it 200 times. You know, do it 300 times and then, and then say that. Because I've gotten it wrong lots of times, but I will tell you that the majority of time, the time, um, God ends up touching somebody's life, even if I am totally off. I've seen God do that, where I'll get something and I'll say, and then the person's just like, no, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. But I will tell you, da 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 And then all of a sudden I get to minister Jesus to somebody because I just was a fool, right? And so it wasn't about, it wasn't about like, hey, let me share my idea of what God is like and let me share my idea versus your idea, but let's invite God into this space, 
Let's not treat God like an idea, but let's invite him here into the space. And that's what doing this does. Um, Here's a good rule to live by, is that love is to be our highest aim. And so uh, all of this really has to do with love. It's not about doing something to somebody. So some of this can be like, yeah, I heard this thing at church. I'm going to do it to you, okay? If you have a good friend or whatever, you can do that. But really what it's about is it's about loving people, right? The Holy Spirit is doing things in people's lives, and he sees their struggles. He sees what they need to hear and their encouragement. And then what he does is he invites us to love them with him. Isn't that amazing? That's what all of this is. That's the rule that we live by. All right. So here's practically um, questions that you can ask, right? As as you're walking around, you've got these stories, these things that are happening, um, and you're asking God, right? That would be, anytime you hear a message, right? James says to not just be uh, hearers of the word, but to be doers. And so anytime you hear a sermon, the proper way to listen to a sermon is, number one, ask, is this true? Right? Be a Berean. Like, I'm going to look this up in, in Scripture. Is this true? Like, is this what is being taught here true? Okay? The next thing is, is that if it's true, what am I going to do about it? Okay? And so the application, you know, of, of this is, is, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to ask. I'm going to listen. And, and then I'm going to risk. That will be the application this week out of that. Okay? And then, and I'm going to give you a little time right now to, to do that if, if, if you'd like. Um, but here's some questions to ask that are real simple, okay? This is what makes the difference between, you, you know, you meet somebody and they've got a problem and, you know, they've got something going on. And so you say, you know, you say, hey, you know, what, what, what would Jesus do? Hey, I'm going to pray for you, right? And so, and, and maybe you do, maybe you don't, Okay. Quite honestly, people get that a lot, okay? And what it does over time is it, is it reinforces this idea that God is in a building like this, that this place is God's place, but then the school that they told you that, or the restaurant that they told you that, or the, you know, the workplace or the fort or any of those things, right? that that's another place, that that's a secular place. It just reinforces that because it's, and also too, that your home is wherever you're going to pray is the sacred place and that's not the place. It just reinforces that. So here's the difference. And it makes all the difference in the world, which is somebody has something going on and you say, hey, man, I, I feel for you. That's a bummer. Listen, can I pray for you right now? Just totally different. Now, let's interact a little bit. Why is that different? Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's good. And, and here's the thing, is that typically, here's what I found, because every place that you're not supposed to share about Jesus or pray for people, I've prayed for and done that. Every place. 
I've gone into, I've gone into public schools and shared about Jesus. I've prayed for people in public schools. I've, I've gone to even Christian schools I've shared about Jesus. Uh, you know, in, in, I, in workplaces and on the floor at a restaurant and, and all over the places, done that. Um, and here's the thing, is that it's not, tip, tip, people aren't resistant against God, I've found. They're, they're resistance against weirdness. And they're resistance against you, like, putting your thing against their thing. That's what they're resistance against. Even in school, where it's just like, don't bring God into schools. It's not resistance of, of, of really God being there. It's resistance of you beating them with that. Okay? But what I've found is when God's doing something, people are all wide open. All wide open. And so, yeah, it is, it is risky, absolutely. And so, so, but when you do that, can I pray for you right now? You know? I mean, and I'm not saying it's bad to say I'll pray for you, but do. Who's that? God, what, what father? Okay, I don't know. <clears throat> so, so, but, so it, but the reality is, is that you reinforce, you reinforce something that God is here right now when you do that, okay? Now, another question, and this is more a question of maybe like somebody that, you know, that, that you don't know. Like uh, <clears throat> Lucas and I were talking about this. Where'd Lucas go? He was raptured. Okay, so, uh, you know, if, here's a question. Lucas and I were talking about this. We're just talking about, um, you know, uh, reaching people and loving people around us. And, and here's a great question to ask as well. Is um, if you could ask God for anything, what would it be? Right? And then, and then, and then say, well, great. Can I pray for you about that right now? Again. Now, the hard part about this, what, what our friend uh, here said, um, is that that gets past the comfort zone, right? But as followers of Jesus, we're called to be, like, that's where we live, is to sail off and pass the comfort zone, right? Because plenty of people will play games and, on the surface, and so we sail past that horizon into that, into that space. Um, <clears throat> then the last thing is, is this. There is a five-step prayer model, and we'll have a class on this that is really good when you're, when you're praying for different people. Um, and, and it's not like, hey, this is the way, but it's helpful, okay? Uh, it's absolutely helpful in any situation. When you're praying for somebody, they say that they want prayer, they need help. Um, <clears throat> uh, there's, there's the interview, right? So you ask, uh, you ask people, uh, you know, uh, wh- where does it hurt? What's the problem? Okay. Just, just, like a, just like a doctor did. Now, you're not a doctor, okay, unless you are, uh, okay, or you're not a nurse. But, but the whole point is, too, is even in that situation, you're trying to bring in a different type of healing, something else, okay? Um, the next thing is diagnosis why, okay? Um, I, different stories, but I've shared with you before. One, um, uh, you know, you, you pray for people and there's something going on and, and you think that it's just a physical problem. But, but many, you know, physicians, believing or not, would tell you that your emotions and things that happen to you then carry themselves in your body, whether they believe in God or not. And that's a spiritual thing. And so, you know, you'll carry certain things. Like if you have a lot of unforgiveness and you, and you have bitterness in your heart, you just, there's somebody in your life, something that was done to you, and you, you may carry that in your back. Now, I'm not saying if you have lower back pain that that's it, but it can be part of it. Uh, I shared with you a story before about a woman that um, I got a word I was praying for. It was disappointment. 
And she had, she had framed her whole life from the past, you know, as a, as a mom, as, a, as all these things, as a wife, and she was disappointed. And when we brought that up, we, we saw no touch, nothing was happening when we were praying for her. And then all of a sudden, it was healed. And even to this day, you know, com- just completely healed, gone. Went back to the doctor, everything's fixed, okay? And so, so they're, they're, we carry different things. So diagnosis, why is this problem here? Um, you know, also to, you know, um, uh, uh, prayer selection. So what kind of prayer? How am I going to pray? Uh, the next thing is, is prayer engagement. What's happening? That's important too. You want to be honest when you're praying for people, right? Because we're taught typically just, just pray. And that's good that you're praying, but you pray and say, Jesus name, amen. Right? All right. Okay. We did it. And, and that, that, here's the deal. That's good. But again, we believe that God is there. And so if we're praying for something, well, let's check to see if anything's happening. So for instance, like if Ben had something going on health-wise and, and needed some help with something, we're praying, let's say he had pain, you know, in something. Well, if just like a, a doctor would ask, you know, hey, I've got pain in my back and it's like, a, it's like an 8 out of a 10 right now. Well, if we want to see if God's doing something during that time, let's ask, like, hey, has the pain changed some? You know, and you say, you know, actually, yeah, it's like a four now. Okay, well, let's keep praying along that line. That's not, that's honest, right? Because we're really believing that God is doing something. And I know this is terribly practical and terribly specific. And, but I just believe that that's part of our calling as a church. And that's what the New Testament teaches. That, that there's a bunch of people that are these wounded healers, these broken healers, these people that, that have, that have, called out amongst everybody else saying, I, I need Jesus. I need his life. I need him to forgive me of my life. I need him to give me strength to be the, the husband and the father and, and, and the wife and the mom and, and all these things. I need God to help me with these things. I need him. I rely upon him. And then as they receive that love, to then put that out to other people. And this is the one of the most powerful ways to do it. And it's also, I believe, the number one thing that the people around us are looking for. I really do. And I've seen it. Uh, when I came in, you know, as a, as a you know, follower of Jesus, you know, uh, people told me how to argue and do different things. And, and I can do that. And I can prove different things. But I've seen way more people come to know Jesus by just sharing love with people. Like, hey, can I pray for you right now? And seeing people light up because you share something about how God sees them. And, and, and what's going on with them. And all of a sudden, they're like, hey, look, I may not agree with everything or whatever. I don't know, but, but all, there's only, only one person could know that about me. That's where the change takes place. So let's stand together.